Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, ba-da-da-da-da, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! Here we go! Welcome to Hump Day! Here we go. Oh my goodness. Look at this. Everybody locked in. Every Lock it in. Makes me laugh. Lock it up. <laughs> uh, halfway home. We we're gonna get an idea oh. later today. What's going on I with the Browns? Hope, are they practicing? So. Are, they, are, they, are the guys that are hurt practicing? Are, what's going on? As a we'll black, find out. As a black man to the chat, I, I want to throw something out there. Can somebody tell me why people hate Nickelback? I'm confused. I'm, I'm not of the culture. Yeah, I, I like Nickelback. It's why. popular. It's popular to make fun of Nickelback. I don't know why. What did that come but from? if people didn't like them, why would they have sold as many albums as they did and been around for as long as they have? They've become a joke. They're not a joke. They are. They're a joke band? Go yeah. online. You'll figure it out. Okay. Go online. No. Oh, the Nickelback hate is real. I, I, yeah, I, have, people, I don't know enough to know. Those people are snobby Can and Can you obnoxious. name three of their songs? Yeah. Photograph. Uh, photograph. Not you. Uh, Rockstar. Okay, there you go. Rockstar. Uh, do. And the one joint. Do, 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 <laughs> and the joint. Do, hold on. He, the one joint on the Batman, on the uh, Spider-Man soundtrack. Oh, so you would know that because of the Marvel. So, so yeah, he Not got Marvel. There. Yeah. Um, DC. Uh, DC, yeah, my bad. Yeah. Uh, busy show, busy <laughs> show, busy show. Are these guys going to play? What's the Browns uh, team going to look like on Sunday? We're, we probably won't know before we leave the air because it's all going to happen after one o'clock our time. Three thirty. Yeah. So, so we'll um, you know, we'll have to wait until tomorrow to go off on who's playing, who's not. And there's, it's possible the guy doesn't practice today and he might practice tomorrow. Mm. Could still play, but usually Wednesday's a pretty good indicator of what's going on. Travis Rogers is going to come on. You know, this Rams team is a team. If they're interesting, they're definitely trending in the right direction. They're starting to get healthy now. And so he's going to tell us all about the timing of the Browns catching the Rams and what we're, what we're in for. They, they handled a, a Cardinals team very easily on Sunday, as we did. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's, a, there's a, a lot of similarities between these two teams. And we're also going to look at the Browns' schedule. Like, when it came out, you go through it as you always do. You play schedule roulette, win, loss, win, win, loss. Well, things happen during the course of the NFL season. And some of those things that have happened uh, really benefit the Browns at the time that they're getting certain teams. So we'll go through and play um, rush, uh, schedule roulette, revisionist history, how those games look today compared to when they uh, when, the fr- when the schedule first came out. Uh, and now it's time for our first hello of the day to Mikey McNuggets. What's up, guys? Also, Nickelback extraordinaire. Yes. Yeah, I can only name the one song. You yeah. guys actually did better than me. We also have a topic that Bull pitched on Monday that I know is going to drive people crazy later that – We're going to get into, and I cannot wait to see how you guys answer. I think it's a fascinating question. Also, breaking news real quick. Because the Cavs did not make the NBA's midseason playing tournament, which we'll talk about in overtime, they have learned their next two opponents for the week of December 2nd to whenever. They're going to host the Orlando Magic on December 6th, and then they hit the road to play the Miami Heat on December 8th. Those were the two open dates that were dependent on whether mm. or not you made the Vegas tournament. Very exciting, and missed Mike. it. So you have the Magic coming to Cleveland, and then they are heading to Miami. And let's get into some football topics, guys. That's what I know everyone's here Can for. Can we do something real quick on the play-in tournament? I don't want it to be a topic. Yeah. Shoot. 
Is, do we like this? Because I don't. Does, do you guys like no it? No interest. For no fi- interest. For $500,000, I do. For uh, the d- players. D- these dudes well, is richer than... Of course, but then... But what about what like, about like a guy like... 12th man on the roster. Right. Craig Porter yeah. Jr.'s salary this season is $550,000. Yeah, so he so doubled his money. essentially doubling his salary. Yeah, but I, I just... I've, I've seen almost no buy-in from the fans at this point. I mean, minimal. The, obviously, the diehard NBA fans are going to watch it anyhow. But I, I haven't heard anybody saying, oh, we got to watch tonight's game because no. it's, it's pivotal in the well, play. No. no. I watched it. it that's not going to happen because it's not. What do you get? for? So you just win the money, you get like a trophy or something? There's probably going to be <laughs> some sort of a celebration. It's an in-season tournament champion. But then you got to play a game in two days. Here's, here's, exactly. As a go right back to the I don't know why you care as a fan. Here's what, here's what they should do. There's not enough skin in the game. If you're going to do something, don't half step. Hey, give, give the team that won a lottery pick. I bet you y'all will watch this. Well, I'll be all up in these games. Yeah, but then you're then you're making a strong team already stronger, and the whole idea of the draft well, is to make help the weak teams. But if you get teams like, I mean, I, I don't know. There's, I mean, well, Indiana, the Lakers, Celtics, and Bucks are in it, right? Indianapolis, Celtics, Bucks. It's it's Magic, the power. It's Thunder. the power teams for the most part. Or give them first round part. in the play. Give them a give them a home court advantage. Yeah. If you want to do something big, you well, got to go get big. home court yeah. advantage. Well, the, pro- the problem, guys, we don't want to get too deep. No, into it. I just I, wanted to yeah. know show of hands yeah. who liked it. And who, I, I well, just, I'm not interested. Well, what I'm about to say actually has to do with our sponsors, FanDuel. They yeah. need to figure out if the players is going to be serious or not because there's people that's on FanDuel that's betting on these things and don't know what to to bet on. Because, I think for the championship game know. there will be some interest. Other than, I that, mean, you there, not. you might as well go hard. Yeah. But the whole idea, the, the league did this because they're trying to drum up interest in the regular season. I don't right. think it worked. Not going to happen. Okay, um, let's dive in and talk about the – you want to start? You got. You, I just got to remind everybody that even as the weather gets colder, oh yeah. I appreciate Tyvis for mentioning FanDuel, but the <laughs> NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So <laughs> if you're looking to get it on the action, there is no better time to join FanDuel than this exact moment. The app is simple to use and you can bet on almost anything under the sun, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. There you go. We forgot one. This is how you remind me. There you go, Nickelback. That's two. Nice. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, Angers. No winning ticket today? Uh, no, Anthony's working from home, so no oh, okay. winning ticket today. We were trying to get one in for the second half of the hour. All right, very good. Um, how, do, how do the Browns get back on track against the Rams? Their defense in, in particular. Because well, they didn't look like the Browns' defense, <laughs> obviously because of some of the injuries. But what do they do? Well, obviously, hopefully you, a lot of them get healthier and come back. But I think you got to reassess it. You know, the one thing that, that stood out to me was the trap play, the runs. And it hasn't just been this game. They've been kind of leaky in the run game for over the past couple of games. Obviously, Jalen Warren had the big run. Baltimore ran the ball pretty decently. So that run game needs to be tweaked a little bit. Um, How do you do that? Well, how you do that is you gotta first of all you need you gotta pray to God that Miles Garrett is healthy. That's that's first sure. of all. Secondly, you gotta do better on leveraging ball on leveraging the football. Let me say it. You correct. think praying is gonna help uh, <laughs> Miles Garrett get better? Jesus is not on the field. Could be. <laughs> Could be. If there is a God, <laughs> I'm be. sure he has more important or she has more important things to deal with. The football guy. 
Ah, okay. Football guys. All right. All right. So yeah. So what you got to do is these guys got to do a better job, and it's not just the D line. It starts with the D line. Obviously, it's about gap integrity. These guys have to stay in their gaps. But when this ball hits the outside, because a lot of these plays are happening on the outside, particularly it was the zone read, which they struggle with all season. But I'm not even gonna go there right now. Is there a reason they struggle with that? Well, I watched some plays with McNuggets that I'm gonna break down a little bit uh, later. You know. In the but, week. Yeah, in the week. But it Russell Wilson, first of all, is just he's smart. Different. Yeah, he, he understands giving per- love to Russell yeah, Wilson. He understands personnel. <laughs> he understands what was going on and he just made the right adjustments. So that's why he was successful with it. But that thing right when you see zone read, like I say, it's you have to have your responsibilities is somebody has to take the dive, somebody gotta be responsible for the quarterback. And the person that's responsible for the quarterback has to make sure that they quick enough to handle the quarterback. To get them, yeah. Right. So Well that, that's not an issue that now you're playing a savvy veteran quarterback this week, but unlike Russell Wilson, he ain't no, he's not he gonna RP, he's not gonna get out on the edge. <laughs> but Kyron Williams had a really monster. He's game been last phenomenal week. this week. But great. he's one of those guys that finds a crease and he likes to get to the outside so our linebackers have to stop going under these blocks that's what happens a lot of the times we don't have the size so we go under blocks and use our speed to get around sometimes it works but a lot of the times when it doesn't you leave that seam he hit that sideline and it's gone we got to leverage that football whether that's the linebackers the nickels or the corners everybody has to leverage the ball and send it back inside if it gets outside he's gone is because there's nobody there see that right there he gets to the sideline nobody's there so you got to do everything you can to keep that ball on the inside shoulder and send it back in that's one of the main things that I see as a problem. What's amazing is nobody heard of Kyron Williams before the season. No, they didn't. No, I'm so glad I picked him, him up in fantasy. In my other amazing. league, he's carrying me to a that's what I Yeah, that's what he's doing to he's, me right here. In our league. In our league. Do you have him in our league? Yeah, in our league, he just put a backpack on. He 40. Me. Yeah. 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 40 on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, the, the Browns yeah. will have their hands full. Yeah. I find it interesting that you said – that because the undersized linebackers, that's why they're going underneath. Yeah, is be- this something that you can coach into guys? Is it their instincts? You really are. are you, do you have to tell them to be less aggressive on certain plays? No, you don't want. You don't never want a player to be less aggressive. But the thing is, and JOK was a perfect example. You know, he's one of those guys that. He's so athletic that he goes under blocks. And I was the same way. When I was a young player, I would either foot fake the guy or go under and use my speed. It wasn't until I got older that I realized that using your hands is what gives you longevity in this career. Your arms is long. If you can get your arms extended off, you can push them and pull them to the side and get where you need to be. They call it two-gapping. You get there, you see where the guy's at, you throw him or what, you shed him to the side, and then you go make the play. Maybe guys don't do that because in the linebacker position, you're dealing with 300-pound sure. guys, so that's harder to do. But if you can get that extension, you, you really got to, like, drop your chest down and really get some extension and throw them off. You'll be much more yeah. successful in it. But right now, they, with being 200, 220 at linebacker going up against a 300 guy, that's I tough. understand why they do what they do. Yeah. But the thing – I mean, it, there's a pattern here. The Browns' defense, when they have struggled, it's mostly been against teams that have – mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. Right? I mean, and that gives them another thing to look yes, at. Yes, and that's not an well, issue Kenny here. Pickett, well, well, Kenny Pickett didn't run. Jalen Warren just got that one run. Right. Ravens, yeah. But they didn't struggle against the Steelers. They gave up one big play in each In both game. games. They gave up a 75-yard really play. That was half their yardage. They struggled against Colts when Minshew was running a lot. Struggled against the Ravens defensively because Lamar. And then they struggled this past week against Denver. This week, you don't have to worry about that. Now, 
and their passing game, I don't know. Listen, Kyron Williams is, is a is a fine for them, and he's been great yeah. when he's been healthy. <laughs> and they've been good. They've been a decent team when he's been healthy. They've won two in a row. They have lost. They did lose three in a row, and I think four or five before that, and he missed most of those games. Their passing game is not great right now. Uh, Cooper Cup's not the same player anymore. He's been injured on and off all season. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been put. But the Nakua numbers. fine was big for them he too. He was, but he's cooled off since early in the season. He hasn't been as as big since then. And Matthew Stafford at this point, he's not special anymore. He's he's just a guy. And I, I, I think ultimately it's going to come down. And those are ridiculous numbers. For I was the about to say he almost got a thousand. It's amazing. Well, but, to, but the but first the point, he four, went nuts the first four or five weeks, he did. and he has pulled down <laughs> yeah. some. He's still fine. But he still but had nice numbers. <laughs> not at the crazy pace he was. Well, no, there's early tape on him now, and guys know what he's going to do. I mean, the key is just you know Matthew Stafford. If you get pressure on him, it's a problem because he cannot. He is he can't totally escape. immobile yeah. there. And the question is, will Miles Garrett be a, in good enough shape for this game? Because I think we all assume he's going to play. Like if he can play, he's going to play. That's I agree. Who the hell he is? The question is, will he be effective enough to cause the havoc to make Stafford uncomfortable? And outside of last week, the Rams have had a hard time converting in the red zone. Last week, they didn't. Last yeah. week, they scored. Well, they got their but back. against Arizona. They, and got they got their back back. The combination of Arizona and Kyron Williams. Right. The Browns obviously have been good in, in the red zone defense, but mm. uh, they're going to need to be – I mean, Kyron is the biggest concern. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt on this I team. mean, but the thing is, you got the right player. I mean, JOK is – obviously, he's played unbelievably last game. You get Anthony Walker back. Even Taki Taki's okay. You know, he could get things done. They just got to – Leverage the football. That, that's the, just leverage the ball. Like, I, I don't know why Explain y'all explain what that means. Keep the ball no, on the inside. Don't oh, let sorry, the ball get outside and Gee, get to the sideline. Uh, for me, I'll go quickly because I don't have much to say. It's just a matter of getting healthy. If you have Denzel Ward in the back and you have Anthony Walker in the middle and you have some semblance of Miles Garrett up front, you have a great chance of winning this game. Mm-hmm. If two of those three elements are missing, it's going to be a long Sunday. You know what the crazy <laughs> thing is? This is two years in a row that when Anthony Walker's not in there, it's a difference on defense. No, we've seen it. That's amazing. We've seen it. In fact, G. Bush called him a jag, and he reeled that back quickly. I'll tell you, listen, we're messing it here, man. They see the key to football, if you, if you just really boil it down to, is the run game. It is. It's the key to, it's the, key to the whole game. We say, okay, we got to get Miles Garrett on third down. How do you, how you get on third down? Yeah, that's right. You, you earn the right to get on third down. All third downs are not created equally. If you third and three, you're in trouble because they can run anything. You mean third and long. To do that, you got to stop the run. And we, we look at the Cleveland Browns. Uh, their defense is dominant when it is third and long, third and nine, and they are getting penetration in the backfield. As the season wears along, all around the league, the game switches up because it's colder. You have attrition. Guys have been pounding each other for a whole year. When you get to this time of the day, everybody ain't throwing it. Look at the numbers. Nobody's throwing a ball 40, 60 times for 400 yards. Well, we did. I'm about to say we did. <laughs> <laughs> We're the anomaly. Because that is because that's we are not who? true. That's that's not go- true. Well, it's going to happen. Ooh, ooh, Josh Allen threw a ton this week. CJ Stroud. Did anybody throw more week? than 42 <laughs> times, though? I, don't, I didn't look. Well, we this this game Allen, this yeah. game Sunday, they're going to throw a lot. Well, and they played overtime. Josh Allen. No, 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 no. This game is going to come down to can they stop Kyron Williams? 
Look at all that passing stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, comes, in, it's in L.A. Weather's not a factor. Well, no, weather won't be. We're not talking about weather. We're talking about the ground game. I just said it, Tyvus. I didn't say snow or rain. It comes down to can you stop the run when you know it's coming? And the Cleveland Browns better be able to stop Kyron Williams because if you can't stop the run on him, now Puka Nakua is wide open. Now you can hit Higby. Now you can do all that. That's why they stuff. really are complimentary. We talk about it's a passing league, but the, the two elements of offense are very complimentary. Mm -hmm. The run can set up the pass. The pass can set up the run. And when you have an offense that's balanced and can do both well, you've got a winning team. It's devastating. I would Listen, if people ask me, would you rather play a team that is balanced <laughs> or throws the ball all the time? Man, get me to throw the team. Throw it, if they throw it 60 times, I know at least 20 of those times I'm going to get a pass rush. But if you tell me they're going to split it up 30 and 30, and I don't know what's coming. It could be outside zone, inside zone, play action. Now I can't guess. I can't just say I'm going to hit a swim move off the football and do this. No, you got to play everything down the middle. And when you start to get to this point in the season, guys are injured. Your guys are not going to be 100%. And it's difficult for, for defensive linemen to get off of blocks in week 13, 14, or 15. It is. We talk about the hands. Look, hands are great if they ain't broken. <laughs> yeah, right. Wrist, hands, elbows. You start to see people really wrapped up as the season goes down. And, and running the football is all about controlling somebody up front. And you look at the, what the, uh, you, you look at what the, uh, the, the Broncos did. Broncos, you know, they didn't do anything special. But they just threw the ball 22 times. He completed what? You know, what, what, oh, 13, 13, 14, not a lot. 14. And, he had 135 passing yards. Yeah, but that controlled the whole game. It did. It felt like a lot more than that. As yeah. you were watching the game, I was surprised when I looked at his numbers at the end. I thought, damn. I think it him felt and, like he threw it around a lot more than that. I think him and DTR both had 135. They, they did, exactly. <laughs> it's the same, same number. Uh, the Browns were sixth in pass attempts this who, week. Who passed more? Uh, I bet Philly. And I Josh got Buffalo. Allen, Kyler Murray, Jared Goff, Sam Howell, and Justin Herbert. Okay, Buffalo all played of, overtime. All of them got $200 million except Sam Howell. Wait, let's let's see what – who were they? Buffalo? Yeah. Arizona, 50, Detroit, Washington, and the Chargers. Four of those five lost. Who threw 51 and two? They all lost. Josh Allen. No, didn't – what was the last, second to last one? Washington, they lost. They all lost. Okay, so all, all of the lost. teams with that many passing attempts, to your point – Took L's, so we including ran. the Browns. So we well, the next the two, the next two guys, six and seven. Actually, Minshew, it was he was tied for sixth. Browns were tied for sixth with Minshew. He won. He threw forty-one passes, and Trevor Lawrence threw thirty-nine and won. And they won as well. Yeah. Mm. But I mean, I don't know if it's a trend or not. It's one week. It, typically, you're right. It's, when a team throws that many times, they're usually throwing because they're behind. It's the, it's That's, the, so that so one begets the other. It's the end of the season. It's, it's in the month of December when that them weather conditions and their body their body beat up taking place. Run the Talk ball. Talk about that. The attrition that G. Bush talked about because I've had players tell me exactly what G. said. The month of December yeah, is December. A, is its own schedule. It is. So how do players condition themselves for that? How do the, how do practices change? How do games change? Well, typically in December by then. Okay, so if you don't know, you get about twelve padded practice on a season. So that like so if you go two two padded <laughs> practices a week, 
by week six, that's it. You're done. You can't do no more padded practices. So by this, is that how it normally works? Do that's they do the two new, a week. The new yeah. CBA. Well, no, no. no Usually I mean, it's only one. Oh, you do okay. one a week. Yeah. But some but coaches, either, some coaches do it differently. Where well, every team I went to, either we did way, it you're once. done by December. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now so, that you're not getting. Yeah. It. So now you out there with t-shirts and all that. So you're not banging in practice anymore and trying to get your body revved up. You got to do a great job of getting in them cold tanks and doing those massages and all of those things because you got to be healthy for the game. The only thing that's hard is the mindset, getting the mindset right. Obviously, if you practice tackling every single day in practice, you by game day, you just, it's just you're second be nature. Right. If you're not practicing, like physically doing it, then you lose that element. So what guys would do is you would, they literally make you, Get into a stance and you have to literally tag off and get out the way. So like wow. tag and I move. I, I hated it too, but it definitely worked for game day because you're still in that same mindset. You're doing and everything. And because everybody's but the doing contact. it, there's no real advantage or disadvantage. Yeah. I, the bottom line again, getting back to the defense is who's playing. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Really ability is great. <laughs> availability is yeah. way more important. Really the most important. Are you, thing? It is. What guys are going to be on the field and what guys are not and yeah. as I said, I think it comes down to the three. Walker, Denzel and and what Miles. Is, what is Walker's injury? I think it was a, was it a shoulder? No, Walker was a hamstring. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We still haven't heard anything on him. It, it, and I asked around no. yesterday, and they said they, some people didn't know. Yeah, they had. We'll find out today. The guys that missed last week's game, there were no updates on Monday on, on any of those And guys. even yesterday, I mean, obviously it was an off yeah, day. Yeah, yesterday but, was an off day. So we'll, today we'll probably have a better clue between what Savansky <laughs> says and, and practice. Yeah, but, let all I mean, three of them play. Guile, you need at least one out of Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. I think I, you need two. <laughs> I really do. I, I think. I can get Taki Taki can make it. JOK can make no, it. No, I'm saying I said no. No, get, we're talking Garrett about Ward. between Walker Ward no, I'm and saying, Garrett. If I didn't have Walker, I think you can no, still make it. I was taking yes, Walker out of it. I'm just saying oh, okay. Miles and Ward are the two most yes, important players. That's what absolutely. I'm saying. The front and the back. Yeah, you, you gotta, gotta have. <laughs> you, know, if you don't have either of those guys. You're gonna be in trouble. That's right. I they're, agree. They're, they're the best players yeah. in the front and the best players in the back. They, they need. I've under, been watching the games. So they they need more penetration. They need. If you're going to play wide like that, your defensive tackles have to change the line of scrimmage. They can't just hold because there's such wide gaps. They're playing two eyes right now inside the shoulders of the, uh, of the guard. Do you like that, by the way? I, I, I mean, I don't I don't like it if you don't change the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I, I, it's supposed to stop inside run. It's kind of like – and then you got the stop sign on the outside, so it should all like kind of go you, together. But you have to push that pocket. Yes, you do. You, you can't just stand and hold. Like, when you watch early in the season – you see the Jordan Elliott's, you see the Shelby Harris's, you see the Tomlinson being back there. And even if the bat ball carry wants to get to a certain landmark and destination, he has to bounce now. Are they oh, running out stop. of juice? Arizona, they was all back there. Yeah, right. They had like yeah, four yeah. sacks they, They've from been less three impactful. The, the, the tackles have been less impactful the last couple I think weeks. so, too. You take, yeah. you take a beating down there it's, in, it's, in the, the trenches. It's the death. Like, it's a slow death. Like, hey, listen. They got to get ecos rotated more or something. And by the way, if if we're being honest about it, I mean, Zadarius Smith's been a a disappointment, hasn't he? Uh, Overall for the year, yes, he has. But he good. He usually is good in the run game. On the pass rush side, he has not been. It was funny. Well, you pointed out, wasn't there a trajectory of him going down last year? Last year, when they signed him, I was like, okay, it's good. We looked at his sacks. I think he had nine sacks or ten sacks. But they all came early. Almost, I think all but one came in the first half of last season. So, 
I think he's got like two sacks since the midway point of last year. So, and which would be a full season. Yeah. I between mean, last half season and this so one. So he's got two and a half sacks. And I think he maybe had one after week eight or nine. So that's, you know, he, he hasn't been, uh, again, I don't, I don't know what the grades on him are, but just eye test, he's been okay, the, but he hasn't been great. The yeah. analytics are very kind for, to Zedaria. Okay. All right. Which take <laughs> production analytics, yeah. eye test, it all matters when the, in the overall evaluation. He's, yeah. he's graded out, not necessarily by PFF well, but in terms of his pass rush win rate and yeah. his time to pressure. Are both relatively pretty high compared to other defensive ends. But I feel league, like but. I feel like with with a lot of defensive lines, yeah, like you you have the one guy on the one side that's pretty free reign. He's like the pass rusher, and then on yeah. the opposite side, you have like that run stopper guy. But why? I just other, feel like that's the, the but, way they do but it. But on other real like last year, the Eagles probably had the best defense in football, mm-hmm. and they had didn't they have four guys with double? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. Sacks. That was ridiculous, and that's everywhere. not common to have four certainly, but. Um, you can have two. You go. Look, you, you got to have something. Like, I want. I don't. Is my everybody? I want. Of my I want. I, I want him to to understand. It. Look, yeah. we, stop waiting on Miles Garrett to make these plays. Yeah. Some sometimes Miles Garrett is so good that it gets people. Look at Clowney last year. It, you get to a point where you become fixated on him. <laughs> like, oh, man, he get another sack. No, why don't you get your hand yeah. in the dirt? I mean, look at Clowney this go, year. Get me, give me a sack I'm about to say Clowney going crazy and He's having year. his best year in a long time. Yep. And, and you look at all the guys that they put opposite of him. Uh, Olivier Vernon, they tried. They put Emmanuel Ogba. It's got to be something that's going on. Like, I, it has yeah. to be what I'm telling you. Miles must get the free reign to do the pass. Yeah. You got to play run first, then yeah. go pass. But to be like fair, it has to be. To be fair, guys, Clowney had a good year here in 21. He did. Yeah. He, he had a great year. Yeah, like his, most, his yeah. most productive yeah. year, I want to say. Zadarius Smith talks about he has free reign. You know, when he talks about why he like Jim Shorts, he says he just tells you to go out and play. You know, Miles Garrett is just that good. Like, you know. It doesn't make sense that he. Yeah. How many TFLs he got? Five? Who? Miles? No, Zadarius. The Darius Smith, according to sacks. ESPN, has five tackles for loss. So he, that's what I'm saying. He get in the backfield, but he, it's like he plays run for. How many does Ogbo have? Ogbo has 12 tackles for loss. Wow. I mean, that, and, and how Miles many sacks does he have? Ogbo is three and a half. Yeah, I mean, Ogbo's been better. They all, yeah, uh, the numbers prove it. I think the only, in the last couple of weeks, it feels like, besides Miles, who didn't really have big impact this past week, it feels like the only guys that have had a, a presence in the backfield the last couple of weeks are Ogbo. And JOK. Yes. JOK's been right back there a lot. <laughs> Those have been the guys. Yeah. And, and I'll say this you know, when you have Miles Garrett, <laughs> you can do a lot of something, man. If you got a beauty queen, she ain't got to have nothing crazy on. You Why? Because put, he's sucking up so many of the offensive line's resources. He's sucking up all the resources. But sometimes you got to realize you might have to come with the six. You might have to bring bring more exotic looks to yeah. get people. If they open. bring six, they better. They, it, it, you better I get don't see why it wouldn't. Though. Right. You got I, all of these dudes that's got it, with the JOKs coming along, Ogbo, Miles. You should be able to hit home, but I wouldn't do it third and short. But, but you go, and I also wouldn't do it if Denzel Ward's not. Yeah, you're about to say you. This yeah, got yeah. to be some third but, and long type see, stuff. See, this 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 the thing, Tyvis. You trying to have it both ways. It's risk reward. If you it's don't a dangerous game, it's a dangerous play. game you play. <laughs> you can sit back. No, because if you do it third and short, they gonna run a drag route, and it's right there. It's one on one. Boom. But if he gets the third and twelve, 
if that blitz get there, they might not even make it to twelve before the ball got to come out. I don't even. I don't. But I don't like their zone coverage at all. It's not. You don't play zone behind six man blitz. Listen, I just see. I just see. You got to. It's it's zero. Listen, and that's the scary thing. It is. But you got the guys because because zero is on zero. Don't do that. (laughs) Although I they looking at zero now. Come on now. They look. They looking at him. Y'all, y'all like Puka Nakua seems like he'd be a, a better matchup for Newsom than Cortland Sutton was because he's not a big, huge guy. I mean, Cooper Cup's a big guy, but he's so so. If so, say Denzel's yeah. out. Who's checking who? I would have Martin. And I would Brent. have Emerson on Cup, even though even though oh, I would do. Yeah, I still think he's a he's bigger, the bigger receiver. He's the bigger, physically bigger yeah, yeah, yeah. threat. But Nakua can be a handful, man. <laughs> yeah, he's given some DBs fits this year. Listen, I know Newsom, Newsom had a ba- bad game. He's not a scrub. I mean, he's still a decent player. He's just not as good as Denzel Ward and and uh, Martin Emerson. In the right spot, he can be very yeah. good. When you ask him to be the man, right? We saw what happened. How big is Nakua, Mike? He's not big at all. I don't. Th- I, yeah, I, mean, I feel like he's a slot type of receiver. Five eleven. Really. He, he plays small. I think he's bigger than you guys. Are oh really? He's not five eleven. According to ESPN, I would say he's six, six two two ten. Wow! Really? Wow! Good job out of me. Really? He's a giant. Oh he does man! Does not look that big. All right. Oh man! He got, to, he got the G Bush disease. He's oh. listed at the exact same size as Cooper Cup. Really? I wonder. I wonder what his combine height and weight. Really? That is funny. Uh, here, I looked that up for you once. Sometimes the combine. Sometimes teams will fudge even the combine. I Combine's real. I didn't know Cooper yeah. Cup was 6'2". I thought they was both like 5'10", 5'11". No, five. I knew Cooper Cup was bigger. Man. I'm surprised. I I, I'm surprised Nakua is 6'2". Hey, look. <laughs> I, the way I see... Uh, cool, uh, real quick, I got his official yeah. combine numbers. 6'2", 203. Wow. Wow. So, so they're listening so to 10 slight. pounds lighter. But, oh, man. Put some respect on that man's... Oh, <laughs> man. What a five. <laughs> you know, we talked about the how the Rams went all in when they on the trade for Stafford. Yeah. It was basically not, not a... They didn't give up as many resources as the Browns did to get Watson. But we talked about when you're all in like that, A, you better win, which they did. B, you better draft very, very well because your resources are limited moving forward. They hit on Nakua. They hit on Williams. That's how you make bold moves. What, what round did they go? Nakua was fifth, fourth, fifth. fifth. What about what about Kyron? Kyron was two years ago, right? I think I'll double check. I thought he yes. was a rookie. No, I think this is his second year. Yeah, he didn't play much. How come we can't get no receivers? <laughs> I know, and they get a, a, a Nakua <laughs> in the fifth round. Up, I'm feeling optimistic about Cedric. Kyron will. Kyron. Williams was also a fifth round pick, so back to back fifth round. So, so they're laughing. They're laughing at all the conversations of you gave up two ones. Oh my the, god! Nakua and Williams are playing and, like and ones. You, now, even though they gave, they didn't give up as. Now they gave up a lot because they also traded Goff, who's been pretty good in Detroit. They did, but it, that was a swap, right? I mean, that, but they also gave up. They made a trade for. Um, they made other trades where they gave up a lot. Of, they traded for Jalen Ramsey, right? For Remember Von they? So they What's that, Mike? They gave up picks for Von Miller, too. Von Miller, yeah. that's right. So they, it, not just in the one trade, the Browns gave up more. But yeah. in total, the Rams gave up a ton of But you know what? Picks. If you hit on your picks, yeah. if you get a start, yeah. not no, just I a don't... starter, but major contributors in Williams and Nakua in the major. fifth round. In the fifth? Yeah. Got what, who was that's our, unreal. Who was and once they won the Super Bowl, pick. it was worth it anyway. But sure, now you're right. Not, no, they're no, not no, terrible. And and their fans don't have to go through three and 14. Now they might, because... You know, what happens after Stafford for them? They don't have, you know, the no, next you're, guy. You're right there. They've got to find another quarterback. Yeah. Okay, Mike. Well, they have a first-round pick this year, and we have a first-round pick guest coming up in one second. It's Travis Rogers of Lockdown Rams Podcast. But first, 
Right now, new customers on FanDuel get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So even as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers at FanDuel stay red hot. That's $150 if your team wins any $5 money line bet. Right now is the perfect time to join FanDuel because the app is simple to use and there's no better time to get it on the action. They have spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And with that, let's welcome in Travis Rogers of the Lockdown Rams podcast, who is getting ready for this game against the Browns. Travis, thanks for joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks, Travis. And uh, <laughs> let's start. We were just talking about those two late draft picks. Puka Nakua yeah. and Kyron Williams. It still pains me. I have a keeper fantasy football league that I had to trade Kyron Williams because <laughs> I needed a second. I, it's a two quarterback league. I, my Kirk Cousins got hurt. I had no choice. It was. It literally pained me to trade him, but I did it anyway. And then of course he had that monster game last week. But he's been phenomenal. Nakua has been phenomenal. Did you see either of these things coming when the season started? Because most fans outside of Rams fans probably never heard of either of these guys before the season. Well, you know, I, I'll go back to this. I go back to when Cooper Cup first showed up a million years ago, right? And and Sean McVay said from almost the first day of camp, like, no, no, this guy's different. You don't understand. that This is not a, an Eastern Washington third-round pick that we're going to develop into an NFL player. He's ready to go right now. And everybody kind of like, yeah, sure, great. Sure, sure he is. He was right. He doesn't say it very often. He did say it about Nakua. He did say it about Kyron Williams. So when Sean McVay says, no, this guy has a little something special, that there's usually one thing in these guys' profile that doesn't add up to a, a, a first or a second round grade. In Puka's case, it's not that high-end speed. So he's going to drop down a little bit. And that's where the Rams have thrived with both him and Williams. That if Sean McVay says they're going to be pretty good players, they're going to be pretty good players. Because he doesn't say it about every guy that they pick. He picks and chooses who he says that about and he said it about both of those guys you know Travis from an outside standpoint I always was curious you know you're a Rams guy when you look at the Cleveland Browns offense is there anything that really like scares you what what bothers you about the the Browns offense that the Rams defense can sometimes make average quarterbacks look pretty good <laughs> that yeah. that's the part it's not like one guy it's not like you know I know Deshaun Watson's out but like okay you're worried about or Amari Cooper, you're worried about him. It's just that sometimes the Rams, they made Kenny Pickett look good for a few minutes. And it's just little pockets here and there where guys that maybe aren't super high-end guys play like super high-end guys. So I don't know if there's one player in particular. The Rams defense is kind of a no-name defense outside of the one big name in Aaron Donald. Uh, they've been a lot better the last two weeks, but those are division matchups that always kind of get a little bit tighter. They beat the Arizona Cardinals like a drum every time they play them. So I'm optimistic about where the Rams are, but I'm going to need to see it against somebody that's not an NFC West team, that's not the Cardinals, who they always kill, not the Eagles, who they match up pretty well against. So I, I, I do think that that defense is still a question mark, even though it's been a little bit better of late. Uh, Travis, how are the two guys, uh, two of our old buddies? Um, <laughs> we sent JJ three back to uh, back to the Rams, and then the other nickel corner. Who do we have? Uh, uh, Ty Hill, right? Uh, yeah, Ty Hill. No. Yeah. George Hill. I gave no, it's Ty, <coughs> Ty Hill. Ty Hill. Ty Hill. I got to write. The George Hill's a basketball player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how are those guys doing out there? Have they rebounded and, and have they made an impact uh, for the Rams defense this year? 
Well, I think John Johnson is the one that has made the, the most impact, and it's fairly minimal. He doesn't play a ton. I think it was more of a familiar face in the locker room that they were looking for, like I mentioned a minute ago. You know, this is a defense that a year ago had Jalen Ramsey, had Bobby Wagner, had Ashawn Robinson, had a guy like Greg Gaines, had all of these different players that, you know, were, were brand names in the NFL to go along with Aaron Donald. Well, this year, Aaron Donald's the only one that's there. So I think they wanted to bring back a veteran guy that knew the system, that knows the organization. So that's why John Johnson was brought back. Um, he hasn't had a huge impact on the team. They've played a lot of, uh, of younger players. Jordan Fuller finally had a pretty nice game for the Rams for the first time in a while uh, uh, last week against Arizona. So, uh, you know, the, those two guys, Hill is, doesn't, isn't really a factor at all. But you look at, you look at Johnson, it's more of a veteran presence than anything he's bringing to the field on any given Sunday. Travis, it's always fun to watch the home crowd for the LA teams. And Maybe I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah. We know that the Browns have backers in every major city. They're, they're, they're a well-followed team. What do you think the crowd's going to be like Sunday? What will the split be like? Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> um, it's going to be a lot of orange, right? And and this is just life in Los Angeles. Whether it's the Chargers or whether it's the Rams, the, the opposing team's fans fill up SoFi Stadium, and especially when it's a team that doesn't come through a whole lot. You know, when it's the Seahawks or somebody that's in the division that comes through, it, it's kind of it's kind of found its own level. But when it's somebody from outside the market, especially a big city like Cleveland, like you mentioned, that has a lot of fans, I would bet, if I had to put a bet, I'll say 70-30 orange to blue. Wow. Um, and, and, and I'll be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if that's low. Because when we've seen teams like the Bills, like the Steelers, like these teams <laughs> that don't come in a lot, uh, it's it's lopsided. The Cowboys come in regularly, and they still fill it up about 60 70%. So yeah. I expect the same from the Browns fans. Wow. Matthew Stafford, obviously, we know what he did for L.A. He goes and wins a championship, and once that happens, it's worth it. But where is he now? I, ref I called him mediocre at this point in his career. Is that fair? Is he a little better than that? What, what do you say? I think he's a lot better than that. Okay. I, I, I think that he's the reason they're in the position that they're in. You know, if you told me at the beginning of the season that the Rams would play their first game in December and have their own playoff future in their own hand, I would have thought you're nuts. Wow. And that, here's, here's where it is. They, they, they have a chance to go to the playoffs if they take care of business against the teams they want to do. Statistically, it's not great. But the eye test, the only time they're in games is when he's, when he's cranking. When right. he's good, they win. When he's good, they're in it. If he has one of his his games where you know maybe throws a couple of interceptions, or usually it's more a function of an offensive line that can't give him any time, or Kyron Williams being out and they don't have any sort of running game to speak of. But when he's good and he has just this much time, he's still I think as good as just about anybody that's not a Mahomes or a Jackson or an Allen or something like that. I think he's at the top of that next tier of quarterbacks. When he's good, the Rams always have a chance. The numbers won't show it to you, but the eye test will. Travis, you know, at the, I think it was last season, it was like a bunch of people that was flirting retirement. Aaron Donald, even yeah. Sean McVay. Do you think that this could be like the last hoorah with them? How long do you think that these guys continue to play? You know, Matt Stafford, Sean McVay, Aaron Donald. How long do you think that these guys stay with the Rams? I think the clock's ticking. 
and, and I don't know if it's at the end of this year. I don't know if it's at the end of next year. I think the fact that they're competitive again, and, and I heard you guys talking before I came on, the, the Rams have a full complement of draft picks for the first time since Jared Goff in 2016. They have a first-round pick. They have money to spend. Wow. So I, I, yeah, they haven't picked in the first round since Jared Goff. Seven years in a row. Um, they're going to be better next year. They're they're already a little ahead of schedule. Aaron Donald is still playing at a high level. Matthew Stafford, like we just talked about, I think is still a highly functioning NFL quarterback. They don't have their replacement on the roster. Um, I, I think the one name that we've heard a lot about that that was a part of the big star package with the Rams that maybe isn't anymore is Cooper Cup. I don't know if Puka Nakua kind of slides into that role moving forward. I don't think Stafford, or excuse me, I don't think that McVay is going anywhere anytime soon. I think if that was going to happen, it would have happened already. Um, he's still a young guy. He loves coaching football. Uh, I, I think that this was supposed to be the second year in a kind of let's get this thing together. And I think they kind of juiced it a little bit. I think they're going to be good again next year. Uh, I don't think any of those guys are going to leave anytime soon. Yeah, it really does, Travis, feel like they've survived what is supposed to be the low end of the talent cycle. You know, yep. typically the way the draft is set up and everything else teams are supposed to be good and then they're supposed to be bad and it's supposed to you know wash rinse repeat but they spent an inordinately small amount of time at the bottom of that talent cycle I want to touch on something that you that you said earlier because it's kind of been a running theme for our show really this season you said if you look at the numbers Stafford isn't great but the eye test tells you he is (laughs) we said the same thing last week when the Browns lost to to Russ It, it, it didn't he threw for 135 yards. They were critical yeah. yards. Do you feel that there's a transition underway in the league from what just three or four years ago was a throw it all over the stadium league and those passing offenses were clearly the upper echelon? It feels to us like the defense has circled the wagons and it's becoming more of a defensive league. Do you concur? It's funny. So I'll go back a few weeks ago. It was the fifth anniversary of that Chiefs Rams Monday night game where the final score is 54 to 51. That might have been the apex of it. Right. Right. I I agree. And it was one of those. Okay. Sean McVay broke the NFL. He's going to score 50 points every single week. There's no no one's ever going to be able to. Well, that obviously didn't happen. And I I, I think you're right. I think we're back in that (laughs) that that cycle of, you know, the guys on the other side of the ball get paid too. those defensive coordinators. They get paid, too. And they'll they'll sit in that room with their little laser and figure out what's going on at some point. And okay, if we do this and put this guy here and I think we're just kind of coming back through it again. I, I think that when the next guy or the next idea comes through, it'll start to change back the other way. But right now it's more of make a play here or there. Don't turn the ball over the the days of, you know, 40 points a game that that season with the Rams, they only scored fewer than 30 points twice that whole year. And, and, and now they've gone over 30 once this whole year. So it's just, it's a talent issue. It's a cycle issue, but, but I agree with you. I think it's swung back the other way. Mike. Travis, we marvel at what Aaron, uh, at what Miles Garrett does on a weekly basis here in Cleveland. Some of the stuff he does, we come in and we say we've never seen it before, and he gets sacks, and he hasn't won Defensive Player of the Year yet, but he's in the conversation. You get to watch Aaron Donald do something similar in L.A., and you've done so for a while. Is it possible to put into context or words just how good Aaron Donald has been and is still playing at this point of his career? I'll put it to you like this. Aaron Donald has two 330-pound guys trying to prevent him where he wants to go, and they fail every time. (laughs) Every single time. That if he wants to go where he wants to go, 
There is no game plan with them with one person. There's rarely a game plan with them with two. And because the Rams are still kind of looking for that next guy, Byron Young's kind of started to develop into that guy. Oftentimes he's dealing with triple teams and he still frequently makes plays. Uh, I, I think you're right. I think you guys getting to see Miles Garrett gives you an idea of what an unstoppable defensive force looks like. And the Rams have had one for the better part of 10 years. And and the way that he got started this year, I'm like, is this the first time that Aaron Donald maybe isn't quite that guy? Nope, nope. He's, he's still <laughs> he's still Donald and he's still doing it. And it's a, it's a real pleasure to get to watch him for as long as we have. Uh, uh, <clears throat> he's the second highest graded D tackle according to PFF. Still, just even numbers. Dexter Lawrence of the Giants. Oh, okay. uh, you know, for us, we've we've talked about it here. Sometimes I, I kind of compared it to defensive linemen. On the other hand, we talk about whether Zedaria Smith has had a down year, whether he's been disappointing. I say, you know, sometimes you, you get this thing where defensive linemen, you're trying to develop other guys to be a running mate, and it just seems like they're just looking at Miles Garrett and being like, oh. Yeah, he's pretty good. Or Aaron Donald. And it, I I would even say it's more impressive. I always give the nod to a defensive tackle who's that dominant because it yeah. is just that more difficult to get. I mean, you got I mean, you're, you're in the phone booth and the way he's able to get to the quarterback. Uh, it's just a, it, it's amazing. It's just he, to me, he's the best defensive tackle ever. He, he may be the best defensive yeah. lineman ever. Yeah, I, I think that's that that's fair. I, I'll go a step further. I think if you're just talking about the best defensive players of all time, I think he's on the short list. You know, you're talking Reggie White, you're talking Lawrence Taylor, maybe Ronnie Lott, but I think Aaron Donald fits on that list. I, I don't think that he's out of place oh, with God. those guys at all. Um, and and he's still doing it. You know, this is this is a guy that's been here for a while, and it's still a guy that. Every time the offense breaks the huddle, they're looking for number 99. Where is he? How are we going to try to slow him down? And most of the time, they still can't do it. He's he's once in a generation. He's been the best player on this team from the moment they showed up in L.A. He probably still is uh, and, and probably still will be for a couple more seasons. Travis, give us your game plan right now. If you are Sean McVay, how are you attacking the Browns' defense? Kyron Williams, Kyron Williams, Kyron Williams. (laughs) Just just keep, keep doing it. Get the ball to Puka when you need to do it. Get the ball to Cup. Cup has not been particularly good for them over the last five weeks. His high catch mark over the last five weeks is just four receptions. He's been very, very average so far this year. He had a couple of good games when he came back after missing the first four. He really hasn't been very good beyond that. Um, Williams is kind of the guy that makes go. I'm, I'm not comparing him to Todd Gurley because Gurley did it for a long time at a high level, but the last game, the last couple of games where he's been available, it's been Gurley like. And the best version of that Rams offense is when they can run it and they can throw it to the running back out of the backfield. And Williams is that guy. So I expect to see a ton of him on Sunday. What's your prediction for the game there, Travis? I think, you know, the Rams have not really scored a ton of points most of the games this season. Uh, Like I mentioned, they've only been over 30 once all year long. That was last week against Arizona. Uh, I think it's probably played in the high teens, low 20s. The Rams have to have this game if they're going to make a playoff push. This is, you know, they're not going to beat Baltimore uh, next week. They're probably not going to beat San Francisco in week 18 up in San Francisco. So that means they need to win the remainder of the games that they have left on their schedule. And this is one that they have to have. I think they know that. I think they come out with everything they got, and I think they win a, a, a low-scoring close game. All right. Very Thanks, good. Travis. Travis Rogers, you are very good at your job. <laughs> Just excellent, excellent <laughs> information. And and you handled it all super. It's very, very well done. So we appreciate it. Thanks, appreciate guys. You. Thanks, man. Appreciate you.
really good. Hi. Really, he's, he's really 